Hey guys, welcome back to the For Film Sake podcast. We are Brian Archija and Chris Lucky. And today we are going to talk about gangster movies. This yes. is, but first we got to do the classic celebration, mm-hmm. episode fucking fifteen. What does that mean? And like, we've been in for is that is that a quarter of a year now? That's um, almost a quarter of a year. I guess so. I mean, you know, yeah. I didn't do well in math. I had to eat my teacher's asshole out to pass that <laughs> math class. So I'll take your word for it. I'm in the process of it, too. Yeah. So I feel you. Yeah, no, episode fucking 15. Uh, last week, we had Lon on the podcast. Yeah. That was a pretty, ni- pretty nice interview. Lon Bumble. I actually yeah. really like the fact that people are agreeing to be on our podcast. We yeah. had Jonathan and then Lon back to back. Yeah. It was a lot of fucking fun. It was. It was a great interview. I mean, yeah, it was just really good. It was yeah. very yeah. informative. Go check that shit out. Yeah. Uh, and also, we I'm exhausted. Uh, just the last two weeks have been kind of like tiring, and not oh not even because there've been a lot of work. It's just because mm. it's all been sort of like just complicated work. I mean, really. I I feel very much overwhelmed. Like yeah, right yeah. now, very overwhelmed with. And then we we brought it up even, but as soon as the quarter started, and we right. looked at what the schedule was, we're like, we're gonna be burnt the fuck out. We don't know. It's we gonna know. suck. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is one of the things. The podcast is one of those things that I that if I don't do it, I feel shittier. Feel worse. Exactly. Along the week, so yep. I have to like take the two hours to do this because it mm. makes me feel sane. Same. Me too. Uh, so I'm, I'm really I'm really glad that we got to that point. Yeah. Feels good, and I just hit a pen on my fucking desk. Mm. Uh, today we're gonna talk about gangster movies. Uh, there's some of my favorite genres. That gangster shit. <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, I wanted to be a gangster. Mm. Closest drunk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before, what has been up? Why are we so fucking exhausted? Let's talk about that. Oh, uh, we just did the uh, the iPhone commercial shoot today. Right, I had mm. to shoot an iPhone commercial. Yeah. Uh, uh, here's the thing about the whole thing with the iPhone commercial. Mm. Uh, back when this class started, we had to we had to go take a pitch. Yeah. And, uh, we had to do that for homework, mm-hmm. and then I forgot to do the homework. Mm. I just completely went over my head. Okay. And then I show up to class 30 minutes earlier, and mm. then I realize that I don't have the homework 15 minutes before class starts. Mm. So I go like, ah, shit, I got to do a pitch. <laughs> yeah. And so I start thinking, it's like, oh, I can do a co-commercial, because mm. I know how those go. Like, I've seen enough co-commercials, yep. right? And then when I was writing the introduction to the co-commercial, I go like, uh, what if a what if a drug dealer made a coke commercial? Like, what if it's actually coke? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, like, my brain sort of wandered off, and I thought for about ten minutes. I was like, "Yeah, coke commercial, Dollar Shave Club. Those are two good styles. Let's do it." All right, hold and on. And I wrote okay. it in ten minutes. <laughs> See, I didn't know that that this is where the thought process process came from. All right, so. Picture this, if you will. So we have a regular, like, drug dealer guy. He's on the corner. He's standing there, and he's trying to sell his cocaine from person to person, and he's not getting any bars. You know, so he goes in. He's like, you know what? What do I need to do to sell more cocaine? to make a fucking commercial. Advertisement. Fucking advertisement. So he makes a commercial to advertise his cocaine. (laughs) All right. All right. Isn't that fucking awesome? It is. I mean, yes. When you put it like that, yes. <laughs> Just a dude that's trying to sell cocaine, yeah. and he can't do it. So he's like, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta go advertise. Yeah. And he makes a fucking commercial for coke. Nice. And I was losing my shit. I was writing this, and I had the idea. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, coke, coke, coke. What was this coke? Coke. Drink powder? No, powder, powder. Drugs. Drug. Okay. Good. Yes. And I just wrote it in ten minutes. <laughs> And I turned it in, and I was like, all right, this is it. Yeah. And we, we were going to vote for whatever was going to be produced yeah. in class. Yeah. And people were voting for, like, a Snickers commercial and a Skittles commercial. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, f- Coke's not going to get picked. Yeah. Fuck that. It got eight votes. Of course it, it got did. the majority vote. Of course. And so then I had to direct the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. But then my film head the department, the head, the, the head person of the film department. Yes. 
uh, didn't let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to shoot an iPhone commercial last minute. Yeah. Still which, turned out all right. Uh, yeah, it turned out okay. But mm-hmm. no Coke. No Coke. But I'm no glad Coke. I was out of campus yesterday yeah. Yeah. because they found a bag of Coke in yes, campus I yesterday. I know. And if I had been there, Sonnenberg would probably have been like, Maha! <laughs> the Eureka moment. Yeah. Get that piece of shit over here. <laughs> yeah. I know the cops were there for like five hours yesterday. That's insane. For like five hours over a bag of supposed cocaine. Because they, they were doing something for like sexual assault. Mm. They were they originally were there for a sexual assault okay. conference. Okay. I guess they found a bag of coke while they were doing a sexual assault conference. That's what I've heard. Yeah. Here's my thing, right? Mm. That thing has been advertised for like at least two weeks, right? Cocaine? No. <laughs> <laughs> they've been advertising that bag of coke at for the like school two, for like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> no, they've been advertising the sexual assault thing for mm. like two weeks. It's called the No More. It's been on the flyer for. So it's like, is is it pro or con? It's <laughs> like sexual assault. Con, oh, so they're not pro-sexual assault. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know what the convention was for. Are they promoting (laughs) sexual assault? Or or are they trying to deter sexual assault? They're trying to deter sexual assault. Oh, good, good, good. I can support that. Okay, all right. trying to stop it. Good. trying to stop sexual assault. Very good. Very good. (laughs) The the cops, they they knew the cops were going to be there for like two weeks because they've been advertising the shit out of this thing. Yep. Because it's a big fucking deal. Yeah. And then some fucking idiot brings a bag of coke to school the day the cops are there. Yeah. The fucking day. Yeah, it's weird. Who the fuck needs coke that much that they can't leave it at home when they there's going to be cops? An addict. That, an that's addict. Fair, that's a fair <laughs> truth. You know, I mean, as well. But they didn't find anyone with the coke. They just found the coke. As far as I know, they didn't. I didn't follow up on it. So, right. I mean, they could have, but I don't know. I, I, I like that in an art school, there's a coke user. <laughs> Makes oh. makes sense. Oh, makes there's the, there are some sense. definite drug users at our school. All oh, right, so, some is. dude, fucking on Monday I think it was or Tuesday, one mm-hmm. or both. Uh, when uh, we had this fucking guy, he showed up high as shit. Oh yeah, I think yeah. it was Tuesday. Yeah, show up higher than like Snoop Dogg in a weekend. Oh yeah, and then just sat down in class, giggled to himself a few times, mm-hmm. and passed out the entire class. Yes, he did. What the fuck is wrong <laughs> with people? Yes, he did do that. Jesus. Yeah. If you can't stop doing drugs enough to go to school, don't do fucking drugs. Enough to go to school, enough right. to go to work, enough to be around your your child or your spouse. You got to you know? function. <laughs> yes. Enough to function in everyday life. Like, do you need to get high to go to work? Do you need to get high to go to class? So bad. Do you, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I don't know. And, and it's, if you've heard the podcast before, I'm not somebody that's deterring people from drug use. No. I've, I have a clear history of drug use in my past. But don't let it stop your life. Right. <laughs> you know? that's my that's my thing like you can do whatever the fuck you want yeah if you can function while i'm around you yeah and you're not doing it if you're working under me i'm okay that's i'm ridiculous. cool with it yes exactly but fucking go to school high Mm-mm. and then like smelling like weed yeah i'm not having he, that he was not i'm not having anybody working yeah. for me that is on dro- you know it's like no it's just no, no you can't no. do it you need to be sober to do your work yes at all times uh and anyway so i saw the guy and i fucking hated him yeah today he came to school with a, an energy to work at least for yeah. like an hour or two right. yeah. which is a, it's a plus i'll take it mm. but i just what the fuck is wrong with people chris what uh, the fuck is wrong with people uh, like they're paying eighty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars for four years yeah maybe 45 they're doing a two-year degree mm-hmm. right and they're fucking wasting it getting high mm-hmm. and coming to school and sleeping in class yeah and then demanding that the fucking teacher gi- gives them like uh like a sheet 
that says, yeah, you can come back to class after you fucked it four times. I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's it's hard for me to judge them too much because the set I was I went my freshman year in uh, college. I went to North Carolina A and T. I was seventeen years old. Uh, graduated a year early from high school. Mm-hmm. I got there and everybody was smoking weed. You know, everybody right. was doing it. And I was like, you know what? I can function with weed. Like I am completely functional. I can do this. So I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll study high and then I'll take the test while I'm also high. And then by that logic, I'll get high grades. You know, by that logic. But what happens in actuality is <laughs> if you study while you're fucked up and you take a test while you're fucked up, your grades are going to be fucked up as well. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's just what happens. It's you cannot. Because your brain does not work at the level that it should nope. when you're high. And I, listen, I like weed. Okay. Weed mm-hmm. is fine. Sure. It's awesome. Sure. It's, it's a good de-stressor. Mm-hmm. But don't fucking come to school high you're not gonna get anything out of it nope. you're not gonna remember shit you're, gonna you're not be gonna retain anything and then you're gonna have people like me that fucking hate you immediately mm-hmm. for showing up high in a classroom yep. and every time that i have to work with that person i'm not gonna give a shit about them no Mm-mm. uh and then just uh just people are shitty Sometimes. some other fucking cunt stole a camera yeah and he got caught yeah <laughs> and yeah. then he had weed in him did him. what yeah <laughs> he got expelled from the school he got kicked out wow i didn't yeah. know that he got, he got totally kicked out because he stole the camera. Yeah. They caught him on surveillance cameras. Yeah. Uh, and and then I guess when they found the camera, they searched him. Mm-hmm. And he had fucking weed on him. Huh. So that guy's done. Uh, that's uh, that's unfortunate. Anyway, yeah. so that's what's been happening in our school. They found Coke. Some dude stole the camera and he had a weed on him. Mm-hmm. And I was angry at all of it. Except the fact that he got kicked out because I fucking hated that guy. All right. So <laughs> God damn. Anyway, what's up with you? In other news this week, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched Game of Thrones. Right, that came back. Yeah. Uh, can we? Can I do a spoiler, or can or we? Do we not? Do uh, no, we talked about Jon Snow last week. So right. Yeah, Jon Snow is back. John, yeah, Jon Snow is fucking back. What yes, a fucking surprise! No surprise at all. <laughs> obviously. Anyways, yeah. I don't know shit about Game of Thrones, so please enlighten me. Oh, I mean, I mean, just just the catch up of it is uh, Jon Snow came back. Uh, the Red Witch is actually like three hundred some odd years old. Uh, she puts the amulet on and off, and then you know you can see her as a young woman or older woman. Um, Cersei is. Um, She's trying to get. She's she's trying to collect everyone back for her revenge. At right. the end of the uh, the last season, they cut. They shaved her head bald, basically, and then made her walk the strip completely naked as they rung a bell behind her, saying "shame" and throwing food on her and things like that. Damn. Yeah. So, it was like a dethroning thing. I mean, it was like a humiliation. Straight humiliation. Yeah. Walk through the entire city, you know, That's butt naked. Up. Yeah. So if you know anything about her character, you know she's not gonna stand for that shit. This is the mother of fucking um of Joffrey. This is Joffrey's mom. <laughs> you know, right. so, so Joffrey you, was a little bitch. Oh, so you wait till you see what yeah. his mom does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wait till you see what his mom does. Um, other than that, I seen the girls' season finale. Um, that uh, was a uh, Lena Dunham. That? That again? Lena Dunham and Lena Dunham. Uh, Adam Driver. Nice. Yeah. How did that go? Really good season finale. The season finale was so good. It was season five's finale, mm-hmm. and they said they're going to do a season six, and season six is it. Okay. Why do a season six? This season five gave me everything I needed, and it was a conclusion. But right. now they're gonna give, they're gonna show you everything in season six, and I don't need that. Right. I don't need you to give me connect every single dot for me, so I can know every mm-hmm. single piece of detail. Like, let me think for myself, you know. But anyway, makes sense. I probably did that because I had a contract when they got picked off for season four. They're probably like, all it's right, like, you're oh, doing five and six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the last thing is actually a question. Right. What's up? What is your policy on holding doors for people? <laughs> what is your policy if they're like a reasonable amount of steps behind me Mm -hmm. like 
like if they if if it takes them less than two seconds to get to where I am, okay, I hold the door open for them. All right. If it if they're like more than two seconds, mm-hmm. they can do it themselves. Oh, and it does does this change whether this person is male or female? No, not really. All right. What does change is whether I let them go first or I or I go first. Ah, okay. That's okay. what changes. Yeah. So so this is um. Scarlett Johansson, for the sake of the argument, right. she's two steps behind. Yes. So then you're holding the door open for her, and yeah. then you allow her to walk into the yep. door first, and then you go in afterwards. Yeah. If it's usually if it's a lady, mm-hmm. I will hold the door open, let her walk in, and then I'll walk in. Nice. If it's a dude, I'll usually walk in. Walk in. in and yeah, but you'll give him the door. Him. Yeah. Okay. That's that's usually how I do it. All right. Now, when th- this is my problem here, because I, I I'm, right. I'm kind of the same, you know. Right. But if if it's Scarlett Johansson, then I'm holding the door like she's five miles down the road. <laughs> you know, I'm already holding the door. No, but, um, just, just pull out a little chair and sit against the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I'm gonna wait here for Scarlett. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like at, at what point? Who is doing whom a favor? At at, at one point when you're opening the door. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm at the gas station and I I get out of my car and right. I start to walk. Can towards I stop the door. you right there? I you know where this mo- is going. The moment you fucking asked me this, mm-hmm. I knew exactly that it happened to you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Please go on. Definitely did. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm getting out of my car and I'm walking towards the uh, the door of the gas station mm-hmm. and there's a lady. She sees me walking up, but I'm a good ten steps. Yeah, a good ten steps. Like I'm still kind of close to my car. Yeah, you know. But she makes eye contact with me and I I start and I'm continuing my regular walk, my yeah. regular walk. Yeah, like, no, you you don't. If you're the person that the person is forcing eye contact on to mm-hmm. make you go to the door. Mm-hmm. You'd stay on your pace. Exactly. So, so I'm, I'm doing my regular pace. But then the person, like, she's, like, looking a little more annoyed, annoyed, you know, that she's, like, sitting there holding the door for me. And I don't have the common courtesy to at least, like, hurry my pace up a little bit. Right. So then I'm like, all right. So I get a little bit of a brisk walk. And I get to the door. And then I tell her, thank you. And she's like, mm-hmm. But, but you know what? Who is doing whom a favor? Nobody. Like, I, I, nobody's in doing that situation, anybody. nobody does nobody a favor. No. Because in that situation, what happened is. That she said, I'm going to be nice today. Mm-hmm. And then she looked at you and then she thought you were being an asshole. And then mm-hmm. she thought, well, I'm going to be an asshole now. And then both of you were assholes to each other. <laughs> so nobody fucking wins. Nobody won that. <laughs> nobody won that encounter. I'm so, like. <laughs> when that happens, I, I just go like. <sighs> yeah. I just wave at him. I've done that. I've done the, the wave. Like, no, no, no. You can go. You can go ahead. You can go right. ahead. And they just stand there. It's, that's like, all. Oh. At that point, I don't even say thank you. Yeah. It's just like, you made me fucking ruin my brisk walk. I was I was comfortable that walking. That is the only vacation that I have from thought to thought. The yep. walk from the car to the fucking door. Mm-hmm. And you made me accelerate it. Fuck you. You're a bitch about it. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'll f- I'm going to find that fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Holding doors open for me, I kick your fucking ass. I think this shit is. <laughs> no, there's a there's a very I like I like the way that people interact because there's all these little nuances that you really don't notice until you realize that a situation was weird. Mm-hmm. Like we were in a when helping our friend shoot uh, like a web series that he's doing. Oh yeah, yeah. And we went to an apartment complex, and this fucking lady is just selling out two plates of food. Oh, the crackhead lady. Did we? <laughs> yeah. Did we never, we talk never about talked that? about that? No. <laughs> There was this fucking crackhead-looking lady mm-hmm. just going like, yo, uh, you want some food? I got some food, two plate, like $2 a plate or whatever the mm-hmm. fuck. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, this is weird. I am not acknowledging. Mm-hmm. I am just going to keep walking and continue on my train of thought. Yeah. But then you you acknowledge her and you interacted with her. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, all right, now I got to see where this is going. All right. All right. Check this. Because there was a whole ordeal back in my house from this one interaction. Like between me and my girlfriend, there was a whole thing. A whole thing. Really? Yes. A whole thing, man. <laughs> All right. So we're setting the scene. Like you said, there's a crackheadish lady, and she's selling a plates of food for it's like $2. fried cabbage and yeah, some fried, fried cabbage, chicken beans, or something. Yeah. And, um, you know, some chicken, you know. Yeah. But uh, basically, the 
only thing that she's she the only resources she has is her food, presumably on food stamps, right. and her body. Right. You know, but this is the middle of the day, like one o'clock in the afternoon. So she's not out here selling pussy on the corner right now. Right. She's trying to sell those two plates for a dollar. You know. Right. So she she's trying she's pushing that she's pushing the food, and then uh, one of the ladies like, no, I don't want any of that. I'm good. She comes over to us, and then I'm like, yo, do you got any macaroni? If you got macaroni, I can fuck <laughs> with you. Is there any macaroni? She's like, nah, ain't no macaroni. And then I was like, oh, I'm good. She's like, well, it don't look like you need no macaroni. Like and that's then, a fucking bargain and shit. It's like, did you just call me fat? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, now, now. To keep in mind, like I, I'm going there to act in a scene. Ten right. minutes later, and I've just been called fat. I've just been called fat. And, and I was like, like, can you back away from the mic a little bit? <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> So, so I'm, I'm going to, so I mean, it's like, I'm already insecure as shit, you know, I mean, I, I don't outwardly present it, right. you know, but inside the little me, yeah, super insecure. <laughs> so she called me fat. I'm like, what the, the fuck? fuck is this lady like, that, that crackhead, that crackhead made me feel bad about myself just as much as Daisy Duck made me feel good about myself <laughs> wanting to fuck me. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, why do you give a fuck about Daisy Duck wanting to fuck you or not? Why the fuck do you care if a crackhead thinks you're, you're fat? Both of those things matter dramatically. Like the of the <laughs> yes, yes. Both of those things like mattered so much to me, so much. But I totally get it. I do. I, like when she said that, I, you can tell you were like this fucking bitch. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> anyway, so crackhead tried to sell us food. Mm-hmm. People stole cameras. Yeah. People got high. We found coke. Mm-hmm. Well, that, we we didn't. No, coke. we didn't find the coke. They <laughs> found coke. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 life is weird, man. Mm-hmm. Like we have weird, we have weird jobs. Mm-hmm. Like at school every day, we learn how to make something that exists. Yep. To like, so we can learn to make something that doesn't exist. Yeah. And then we have to pretend that it's fucking normal. Yeah. That's not. That's weird. It you is. don't go to like fucking engineering school and so like, all right, you can make me a wheel. Mm-hmm. Pretend <laughs> and, there's a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't even make it. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to pretend that will is there, and we'll all pretend along with you and acknowledge that pretend thing. <laughs> it's so fucking weird, the fact that we do, but I guess that's film for yeah, you. Yeah. Anyway, we've we've had a hell of a two weeks. Yeah. We're going to go take a break and uh, get back to you with the uh, gangster movies. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll be right fucking back. God damn it. Some lady was fighting with the lady at the counter and then i was like waiting in line just kind of like looking at my shirt like oh this is getting weird yeah. i'm gonna not participate in this conversation yeah and then she fucking points at me and like says something at me i don't know what she's saying because i have headphones on yeah so now i'm brought into a conversation that i have no idea what happened mm-hmm. i take off my headphones she says right and i go like no and i walk away was she hispanic <laughs> Uh, no, no she just said something like she just said right like expecting me to agree with her okay and i was like no and then I left without paying for my thing. What? Because I didn't want to be part of the conversation. <laughs> and I just walked around Walgreens for two minutes while that shit got settled down. Mm-hmm. And then while I was paying for the fucking thing that I had originally, mm-hmm. the cash racer just looks at me like, you should have backed me up back there. I was like, I had no idea what the fuck was happening. But what, what made you say no instead of I don't know? I didn't want to agree with her. She brought me in a conversation that I didn't want to be a part of. So I said no, and then I left. <laughs> you were saying no to the conversation, right. so more so than the question. Yeah, I don't know what you fucking asked me. Yeah. So that happened to me, and then the lady just kind of like gave me the stink eye because I didn't back her up. Yeah. And then as I was leaving the store, it's like that. Did that just fucking happen to me? Definitely. What the fuck did. was that shit? They did. And then I was angry about it the whole day because this bitch brought me into a conversation I didn't want to be a part of. Yeah. Anyway, that's fucking. Well, it's weird. People are weird. Yep. 
Anyway, let's talk about gangster movies. <laughs> gangster movies. Do you have a favorite? Uh, I, it's I have a tie, right? Okay. And it's a really close, close tie. Mm. It's Goodfellas, Reservoir mm. Dogs, and Pulp Fiction. Okay. Those are my three favorite gangster movies. All right. And Goodfellas, I'm not going to get too much into because we want to do an episode on Goodfellas. That's one of the better gangster movies ever. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way just the way that Scorsese handles time in that movie and the way that he handles flashbacks yeah. and voice, voice voiceover is really hard to do, to do right. Yeah. Because it's either too boring or too fast-paced sure. and it sort of disorients you yeah. but Scorsese gets it just fucking right mm-hmm. and it's one of the best interests for a movie that I've ever seen just starting at the end of the movie pretty much and go like ever since I was a kid I wanted to be a gangster yeah. dead body in the trunk what the fuck is happening and then you're invested in the whole movie it's, there's there's very few movies that I've seen that they uh, narrate the movie all the mm-hmm. way through that I'm like this was great because right. most of the time when you're narrating I'm like so because you can't get it across with your actors or with your camera work you know but this particular instance in Goodfellas I don't think it could have been done any other way yeah I can't think if someone told me hey I want you to remake Goodfellas mm-hmm. and they offered me like 10 million dollars to do it yeah. I'd be like give listen <laughs> like, I'm going to do it, but people are going to hate me for it because yeah. it's not going to be as good as fucking Goodfellas. It can't be. Uh, it's, it's insane how good that movie is. Yeah. And, like, it's insane how good it is and how timeless it feels. It's going to be timeless. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be timeless. Because the things that we seen on that screen were never on paper. Well, some of that, the things we seen on the screen was never on paper. Right. You know, some of the scenes between, um, oh, I'm going to get both of their, their names wrong. Uh, Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci and uh, who's the lead actor uh, in this? Ray Liotta. And Ray Liotta. Yeah. That scene, of course, you know that the... Um, the you think the, I'm funny? Exactly. You think I'm fucking funny? Yep. Improv. Fuck out of here, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like that right there, that's one of the more classic scenes in that movie and just gangster movies in right. general, never on paper. Mm-hmm. You you know, and there's other scenes like that. It's just you can't recreate something like that. Nope. You can't. It's... Uh, it, it, there's, a, there's When you get really talented, we were talking about this in our acting class mm-hmm. uh, last Tuesday. When you get really, really talented actors, yeah. you get really, really good performances mm-hmm. and it feels more organic. And yeah. that's why those movies are so good. Those performances are so good. Oh, yeah. Ray Liotta worked perfectly as uh, Henry, I think was his Henry. name, right? Yep. Henry. Yeah. And Joe Pesci worked perfectly as a fucking psychopath. I love Joe Pesci. So good. Joe Pesci is a, those actors that I never really took seriously because I was like, who the fuck is Joe Pesci? Yeah. Uh, and then I started looking back at his filmography. He's yeah. really fun. He's Hell really yeah, fun he in the is. Movie. My cousin Vinny, him and uh, Marissa Tomei, <laughs> that shit is hilarious. <laughs> Hell yeah. So credit to Joe Pesci. Yeah. It's just a, the only the only thing I knew Joe Pesci from mm-hmm. was from a George Carlin stand up where he mm-hmm. goes, We pray to Joe Pesci instead of the sun. <laughs> wow. Because Joe Pesci no, we pray to Joe Pesci instead of God, because Joe Pesci can show up with a bat and actually get results. That's that true. was Carlin's bit. Yeah. And that's the only reason I knew who Joe Pesci was. Okay. And I never put a face to the name until like eight years later. Yeah. <laughs> nah, Joe Pesci is cool. He's a cool little man, an angry little man. Yeah. And I think that's why it works so good with the tiny little Italian angry yeah. man that just kills someone. Yeah. Um, but good enough ranting about Goodfellas or gushing over it. That mm. was one of my favorite movies. Mm. I'm going to do a whole episode on it. And yeah. Scorsese with the way he handles time and almost any movie he's yeah. got. Yeah. The way he handles character perception, the paranoia. <sighs> yes. Uh, or even if we're talking Taxi Driver, uh, mm-hmm. the way he handles sort of the making your char- your the audience feel the same way that your, the character is feeling. Yeah. He does that, I mean, spectacularly well. He does. And it's awesome. 
Uh, I'm looking at uh, at Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. I mean, he's been in so many gangster movies, and it's like he doesn't have that gangster stigma, right? You know, like so many. If anyone else would have been in Scarface, then they would have been known as Scarface. Scarface. You know, for now, henceforth, and forevermore, you're Scarface. You know, but he did Scarface gangster movie. Did a. that was in shit. Godfather before Scarface. Yup. He was in yeah. Godfather, Scarface, Donnie Brasco, Carlito's Way, all gangster, gangster movies. movies. All nice. of them. You know, and he's holding them all down and nobody looks at him as a gangster actor. Right. None. I think it's because he's done so much stuff Other away from gangster movies. Sin, Sin of a Woman. Yeah, he's right. done a lot of things. Yeah. And he's done, what's the movie that he did with De Niro with, uh, where he like screams to God? I don't know. I don't know the What's name of the movie. Uh, like they have heat? a se- heat. heat. Yeah. I think it's heat. heat. Uh, great fucking movie. Mm. It's, it doesn't, he plays a cop in that movie, I think. I right? didn't see it, but I'd assume. Yeah. So like, I mean, Al Pacino does a really good job of like playing a really good gangster, mm. but straying away from the gangster genre for yeah. a bit. Yeah. Coming back. Yeah. And that what keeps him as a gangster actor. Because yeah. I forget that Al Pacino's fucking Scarface. I mean, same person, uh, Robert De Niro. He was in uh, in uh, Godfather. Right. He was in Godfather 2. The fuck? Yeah. I forgot about that. He was in Godfather 2. He was in Casino. He was in um, a fake, he was in a fake, uh, like, mm. gangster movie later with Matthew Perry. Right. Um, like, the whole nine yards or something like that. I think so. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that the, the reason they don't get stuck as gangster actors mm-hmm. is because... They're so good yeah. that when you see them on screen, you don't think, "Oh, that's De Niro." That's the gangster. That's guy. Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. That shows that guy. Yeah. That's um. That's uh. Uncle Cleone. Uncle Don Cleone. Don Cleone. Oh, oh, yeah. That's that guy for this amount of time. Yeah. And then when you go, you see him, and they're not that. Yeah. They're just another actor. Yeah. And I think I think that's the that's the tell of a good actor. And gangster movies need good actors. You, you cannot have, have, have a gangster movie with bad actors. No, you can't. It's not believable. I mean, if you, if you don't feel threatened from your television screen, then fuck it. I mean, what's the point of having that actor there? Yeah, not even threatened, but like to convey the like the gangster's philosophy, mm-hmm. to convey what they're after, all their mm-hmm. goals, yeah. to make you root for them. Because mm. that's a fucking... Because all of these people are assholes. That is a skill. Uh, you hit yeah. that right on the head. To make you root for an unlovable character. Right. Or someone whose morals are different from yours and for you to still want to see them overcome. Yeah. That's that's that's, a, that's good writing, that's good directing, and that's good acting. Yes. Um, for example, in Godfather, which is mm. another one of my favorites. Yeah. I don't put it in the list because okay. it's been a while since I've like actually seen the whole movie. Yeah. So I don't know how it sacks up for me. Okay. But I know that it's one of the classics, and it's a oh, yeah. brilliant fucking gangster movie. Oh, yeah. But Marlon Brando in that movie, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, just he he gives such a convincing performance mm-hmm. that feels so honest that I do don't think it's Marlon Brando. It's Don Cleone at that moment. Yeah. And I, that's my favorite part about that. Like, if Marlon Brando didn't give that performance to Godfather, it wouldn't have worked nearly as well. Nowhere, nowhere, nowhere near. Nowhere near as effective. Mm-hmm. No. Because he has to convince you that he's threatening. He has to convince you that he's a person. Yeah. He has to convince you that he has his own set of morals that mm-hmm. he works to end for. Yeah. And like all the complex range of emotions that people have, even if you're a fucking boss ass gangster, you're going to have fear. You're going to be have scared. To. Yeah. You're going to love someone. You're going to get angry at someone. You're going to yep. get sad. And people that play gangsters sort of 
one-dimensionally unfortunately missed the point of being a gangster movie that's why a lot of the urban gangster movies sopranos there was a tv show called sopranos right and uh tony soprano we watched him through season one through season six he never had any depth right you know there was um how you were talking about uh marlon brando Mm -hmm. in godfather immediately you knew that he had depth he had feelings he cared about things he cared about his family he cared i mean he had morals and you know he cared about respect he cared yes he was playing with a little fucking cat yeah yeah in the first shot that we see him in yeah yeah i mean he wasn't just a guy out for blood like right. he was a complete person that had depth and the guy tony soprano in the sopranos it's a gangster television show about the mob but this character never grew or you know at all changed he, he, he never way. changed yeah. really you know until his uh, untimely death at the end right. you know it's well we assumed he died anybody that's seen sopranos that you know that he just cuts the black yeah the, the only question is on that show is he dead or is him his wife and his children dead Right, I guess that, that would be the most important question. Yeah, that's the only question. Yeah. You know? and, and I never, Sopranos was like just out of my generation. Mm-hmm. Like it ended and then I was born. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like I've never really, I've seen, I've watched a lot about it. And mm-hmm. it was, I don't remember if it was Sopranos or The Godfather. Mm-hmm. But one of them, every time someone would die, there would be an orange Godfather. In the shot. Godfather, mm-hmm. was Godfather. So it's like just little details like yeah. that. Make yeah. a, they saw the movie. I, I didn't, I, I watched, I think, one episode of Sopranos. Mm-hmm. I wasn't into it. I mean, my, mm-hmm. my girlfriend didn't like it very much, but it's, it was one of my favorite television shows for a long time until I seen better made television shows. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I guess that's how that works. Uh, one of my favorite is um, it's a movie called Casino. I haven't seen that one. Casino's uh, Joe Pesci uh, and of Robert De Niro. Joe Pesci. Uh, yeah, Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro this time instead of <laughs> Joe Pesci and uh, Ray Liotta. That's awesome. It is awesome, man. Like they're they're best friends in this. It's the same way that um that Henry and Joe Pesci and Goodfellas are friends. Mm-hmm. That's the dot dynamic that they have. Okay. And um in this, Robert De Niro has a wife who um she she gets into drugs. She gets pretty money hungry and she starts sleeping around with this other guy. Mm-hmm. And the other guy is basically uh, a gold digger. So he was just trying to get all the money that he can away from Robert De Niro Damn. to the wife so the wife can give it to him. Right. So um, that circle's going on for a while. Then eventually some people try to kill Robert De Niro by setting explosives inside of his car Jesus. to kill him that way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's basically just showing the rise and fall of uh, Las Vegas okay. because Vegas was built up by gangsters, by That's the mob. True. You know, they were literally hiding bodies in the sand and nobody was ever finding that shit in the desert. It's you fucking desert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you think people are going to like, ah, nah, nah, just throw them next to the other 50 guys. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. You got fucking 100 square miles of fucking desert and sand. It's <laughs> like yeah just go throw them over there you know so the the casinos everything frank sinatra like i wonder wonder if like two mobsters ever went to the desert with the intention of burying a dude Mm -hmm. and they they dig a grave and they find that they buried a dude there already of course ah shit fucking bury him back go to another spot you know you know what's funny about that story to me is that they had to find that funny (laughs) it's so morbid it's so morbid. You're taking a dead body and you're like, oh, we've already put another dead body right here. That's funny, right? Oh, we just killed so many people. We can't even keep track of the dead bodies anymore. That's fucking awesome. But, uh, shit. <laughs> but, uh, Joe, Joe Pesci, Robert De Niro, Casino. Um, it's one of my favorite gangster movies. The perform the performances in it just grade A, top notch. What's the conclusion of the whole drama? Uh, the conclusion is uh, Las Vegas Falls. Oh, okay. Um, basically, the uh, the mobsters are used to doing things their way, and mm-hmm. they're not going to listen to any businessman or anybody that's been there before them. They try to do it all their way, and um, basically, the the Las Vegas people they um. 
they pretty much just outbusiness them. The kind of the same way that actually, um, what's the guy that, that Scarface, the real guy, mm-hmm. uh, ended up um, going to jail over tax evasion right. type shit. You know, so I mean, they basically just got them on books and technicalities okay. and got all the asses up out of there. They loophole them out of out of Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the best way to go about it. Yeah. I mean, they tried to kill him as well. But <laughs> <laughs> after that didn't work. <laughs> That's another loophole. Hey, shoot him. If it doesn't work, we'll get him for taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Casino was my favorite. Um, as far as more recent ones, did you see American Gangster? Uh, it was... Um, with Den- Denzel? Denzel Washington and... Um, I know which oh. one you're talking about, but I don't know who was in it. Oh hmm. man, how do I not know this guy's name? What's the guy from uh from Gladiator? Uh Russell Crowe? The guy that looks like Russell Crowe. The guy that looks like Russell Crowe but <laughs> isn't Russell Crowe. Yes. J- Draw Butler. That is so fucking accurate. It's the guy that looks like Russell Crowe, but, but isn't not, Russell Crowe, and him. also plays a lot of Greek movies. Yes. It's Gerard Butler. There you go. Holy shit. <laughs> One of those guys are in it. But, I mean, this could be the whole Marky Mark, Matt Damon thing all over again. I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those guys. Gerard Butler. It's one of those guys. <laughs> they're, they're in it. Uh, Denzel Washington plays like a drug kingpin uh, that sells heroin in the um, in New York. Um, not even sure the time frame. I believe it's 50s, 60s, maybe Sounds even 70s. Right, yeah. You know, Sounds, it's, it's, yeah, it's 50s, 60s. I think. I, I'd assume. Yeah. yeah, I'm not even sure the time frame, but um, it's just showing how a drug lord came up from nothing, and to the point to where you're rooting for this drug dealer who's ruining everyone's lives around them, but you can't really see the effect of the product that they're selling. Right. Like you know that he's selling heroin. You see how much money that he's bringing in from it. You see how everyone is affected by the money around him, but you can't see those extra five steps out, ten steps out, twenty Where to see like how high in heroin exactly and dying. and dying from the things that he's yeah. doing. You know. Well, here's the thing. I think that that's just good filmmaking at it that is. point because they don't want you to feel bad for the the heroin addicts exactly they want you to feel good for the heroin dealer, dealer yeah and yeah. like they put you in his world they lock you with his money they mm-hmm. lock you in his point of view yep. it's like ah oh, this is fucking great meanwhile like in the next room there's a dude with a syringe in his arm fucking spazzing out yes it's it's it's, it's, it's dark but that's good filmmaking when they can manipulate you that well yeah it's so great yeah yeah um other one new jack city New, New Jack, Jack City, City is one of my top, 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 top movies. Not even gangster movies, just mm. one of my favorite movies. What year? Uh, 91. Nice. Oh, uh, New Jack City has Wesley Snipes, Ice-T, and Chris Tucker. <laughs> All right. Now, as far, what I said there, as far as I'm concerned, there's only been three crackheads. There's only ever been three crackheads. There always has been and always will be. There'll only be three. One of them is Chris Rock in New Jack City. He played Pookie. Right. Another one is... Um, Wait, Chris Tucker or Chris Rock? Chris Rock. Okay. Actual Chris Rock, yeah. Uh, Chris Rock, this is 91. So before Chris Rock was Chris Rock. You oh, know, okay. Chris Rock can't mm-hmm. be a crackhead now. <laughs> In 91, yeah, he's a crackhead. He can do that. But um, so Chris Rock, he played he played a crackhead named Pookie. Right. There, was a, um, there was a show called The Wire. There was a guy who played a crackhead named Bubbles. Right. And then the third crackhead, uh, Samuel Jackson, in the movie Do the Right Thing. No, in, um, in uh, Jungle Fever, mm-hmm. he played a crackhead named Gator. Right. Those are the only three crackheads I will ever recognize in the history of life. Ever, 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 ever. Right. All right. That being said, Chris Rock plays a crackhead named Pookie in uh, New Jack City. And uh, Wesley Snipes is like the biggest drug kingpin drug. He has so much swag and charisma. Like Mm -hmm. everybody wants to be like him. He's the guy that's giving out turkeys on Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Yeah. Like he's just like. 
looking like he's a philanthropist and right. he's a great person, but he's sponsored by drugs. Right. You know, so um, e- eventually you, you see the struggle between the neighborhood and the parents who don't want their kids following in that direction and looking up to him mm-hmm. like he's someone that, that, that to idolize. Yeah. You know, so that the city, the, the, the actual parents are upset about it. The community's upset about it. Then the police finally get involved and Ice-T plays a police officer in this right here. Mm-hmm. And he uses Chris Rock who was a former crackhead, mm-hmm. he pulls him out of the crack houses and gets him sober. And you just see a montage of him, you know, shivering in the bed as he's going through detox and withdrawal and just go that, the whole, like, month of getting Chris Rock ready to be an informant for the police. Right. You know, so they, they clean him up, they get him off drugs and get him good, and then you see him looking good. And, you know, Chris Rock is finally has brightness in his eyes. Mm-hmm. He's not on crack. And they put a wire on him and they send him into the drug house. What do you think happens? He got high on coke and died? Uh, he gets caught. He, oh. <laughs> he definitely gets caught in there. He gets caught in shit. But yeah, he definitely turns back to drugs as well. I yeah. mean, his, his drug story was not over. That sucks. Yeah. That's a bummer. That sounds like a good movie. Though. It is. It is. But that's... that's uh, you rarely see the people that come overcome drugs so quickly. Right. Like it, it rarely happens like, like that, like a snap of a finger, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it takes time. And that's what I liked about this movie so much. Cause I grew up in an environment like that mm-hmm. to where my, my windows, we had bars on our windows, bars on the doors. There was a crack house at the bottom of the hill. When we were at the house right before the bottom of the hill, right. you know, so I'm, I'm hearing gunshots at nighttime. There's drug dealers up and down the street is just a typical thing. And then you will see those drug addicts trying to better themselves. But that betterment is never instant. Like there's always seems to be some type of relapse of some kind before yeah. you can just get all the way out of that environment. Yeah, I, I, I think that's true. Yeah. I, I've seen, I've seen that around, quite a bit yeah. people that relapse one or two times and mm-hmm. then they get sober yeah i don't yeah. know why it happens but it does it does uh, yeah. that sounds like a great movie no it's yeah I'm really really it. really good yeah uh my my i really it's weird because my real only favorite gangster movies are are like the italian not the italian gangster movies those mm-hmm. are really good yeah but just like the the student tie like mobsters movies yeah like. mobster movies okay. pretty much All right. Uh, so like pulp fiction has two, two of my favorite gangsters ever okay uh jules and vincent yeah Fucking Vincent love Vega. It ain't even the same motherfucking ballpark. It's yeah. <laughs> my favorite fucking conversation. Uh, and those movies, they, they all played for comedy. They, they mm. never played for like a huge amount of drama. Yeah. And I think I like the romanticization of gangsters mm. for comedy better than I like gangsters for drama's sake. Okay. I think I like seeing people that are gangsters mm. be in ridiculous situations. So they have to get out of way the only way that they know how to, which yeah. is being a gangster. It is. And I think it's, it's, I fucking love the scene where Vincent Vegas like trying to keep fucking uh, Oma Thurman from dying. Oh, with the adrenaline shot? I'm not going to do it. You fucking do it. You brought the OD and bitch in my house. <laughs> you fucking do it. All right, give me the needle. <laughs> I fucking just stabs her. And then my favorite conversation of any movie mm-hmm. uh, that's just like a two, three minute scene from any movie mm-hmm. Is that that nigger, that nigger storage? storage. Yes. <laughs> Did you notice a sign that said that nigger storage? Now you no, know I didn't, didn't see no shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know why there's no sign that says that nigger storage? Because throwing that niggers in my fucking business. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. The way that Quentin delivers that line is uh, to be my favorite cameo from any director ever. Ever, ever, ever. Is uh, that, that's that's where it started. My fandom for uh, Tarantino started there. Like we we had a Tarantino episode. Go back and listen to episode one, and you'll see right. where we went from 
Pulp Fiction to to now. Mm-hmm. But as you can't take anything away from Pulp Fiction. No, you can't. You can't take that shit away from that. movie is pretty perfect as it is. I mean, it's like that. That's one of those movies to where I don't care what nobody got to say. I right. don't care how educated <laughs> you are. I don't care how many movie you, movies you've seen. I don't care if you're a critic and you work for the fucking Oscars. Give <laughs> no shits. There's nothing you can tell me to deter my opinion of what I have about Pulp Fiction. Right. Nothing. It's, I can't think of anything. Like every, every time someone tells me something bad about Pulp Fiction. Tell them to go fuck themselves. I, I just, yeah, I just kind of go like, oh, well, you just didn't like it. Yeah. Exactly. It's a great movie. It is, man. And like, just like the editing is perfect. Mm-hmm. Like the way that the story is perfect. The amount of detail that's put into the interlacing and, all three stories. And it's silly too. And, and it's, it's silly. so funny. <laughs> I mean, like not even just like funny. Yeah. I'm talking about all out just silly. <laughs> like, all right, the, the the one scene where um where they put all the wallets inside the uh, inside the trash bag. Right. And then it was like, I want you to reach in there and I grab me my wallet. Uh, which, which one is yours? It's the one that say bad motherfucker on it. <laughs> you know? So you're thinking like metaphorically, it's just some nice ass wallet but then they pull it out and they do a close steal on the wallet and it literally it says, says that motherfucker. motherfucker yes <laughs> it's, like, it's like that is so silly i, I love that um, i mean talking about silly vincent vega dies taking a shit yeah he does that movie. he does it's just it's just like a good like nothing happened in the movie like there was no ulterior purpose for the movie mm-hmm. it's just telling you a day in the life of these people that live extraordinarily weird lives yeah and like Jules went on a religious fucking he did discovery. and he and he saved his life too yeah you know uh, Vincent he didn't understand what what the fuck is your problem like you're trying to get out of this i don't understand you're dead right you yeah. know it's weird yeah uh, so i don't it's one of my favorite movies it's funny it's it's silly it can get serious yeah and the editing is perfect the writing for me is spot fucking on uh tim roth in that movie so one of my favorite people nice uh tim roth is one of my favorite actors period I he was in uh guy. reservoir dogs wasn't he yep he was uh yeah he i don't know his name of the character i don't remember anyone from the movie Vince, except. vincent vega's brother was in uh was in reservoir dogs really not, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. He's the not, character. Yeah, his character's brother. Vincent uh, Vega's character's brother. Something Vega. Was it, uh, wasn't it the Blonde? Wasn't it Mr. Blonde? Mr. Blonde. It was Mr. Blonde. Was oh, is yeah. Mr. Blonde the uh, the guy when... Um, Stuck in the middle with you. He cuts the ear off? Yep. That's, that's Mr. Yep, Blonde. That's Mr. Yeah. Blonde. It was Mr. Blonde, yeah. That's uh, Vincent Vega's brother. I guess it runs in the family. It, uh, it's unfortunate that he's never going to do a sequel and I can never really see like Vincent Vega, like the characters that interlock in the different movies, right. how they interact. You know that would that would be really cool. Yeah, that would generally be really cool. But uh, Victor Madsen mm-hmm. is that guy's name, right? Uh, yeah, real name, Mr. Blonde. Yeah, a uh, real Victor name. Okay. I think it's Victor Madsen. Okay, uh, he's one of my favorite sort of psychopaths. He, he <laughs> was awesome in that. It's from many movies. He was awesome. And Reservoir was another one of my favorite gangster movies because they weren't necessarily gangsters. Yeah, but they they were sort of organized criminals in a way. Yeah, and uh, just. The fact that it's a heist movie, but you don't see the heist. Yeah. And it's all about how these gangsters solve the problem of who's a rat. Mm-hmm. And the only way that a gangster can do it, yeah. which is like shooting people until the rat comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, just It just fucking worked. It just really fucking worked. There's a thing. I mean, we talked about Pulp Fiction and, um, and Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs mm-hmm. is a heist, but you don't see the heist or the goal of what they're trying mm-hmm. to steal. Same thing with uh, Pulp Fiction. You don't see what they're getting. You never see what's inside that briefcase. Right. All you only get to see is like an illuminated gold backdrop of there must be something amazing. Right. <laughs> you know? It's like, is Marcelo's going to be happy? He's going to be gonna very be happy. happy. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck's in it? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's the thing. Because like, when you can make a movie that's based around that thing and that thing doesn't matter for mm. the audience yeah 
I just, I just, it's skillful for me. It really is a skillful movie. It is. It is. And just like the editing for Reservoir Dogs is my favorite piece of editing. Mm-hmm. Just the way that it's set up. Like, for, I, I, I watched it 16 times. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I could understand how it was edited. Yeah. And like, it happened that they gave you one character, mm-hmm. they gave you like present time. Okay. But they start at the diner before the heist. Mm-hmm. And then they give you, uh, they cut away from one character. Uh, to the past, mm-hmm. then they cut away to present time, then they cut one character to the past, yep. and they cut away present time and then one character to the past. But the last character that did something in the present I'm, is the character I'm, that they... No, I'm dizzy. You're dizzy? <laughs> yeah. I'm dizzy. I figured it, it was 16 times, dude. Okay. 16 fucking times. I took seven notes on this editing. Seven pages of notes on yeah. this editing. And just because I did that, I understood what this movie like did, and yeah. it was just... Uh, so good. Hell yeah. Love Orgasms it. for all. Yeah, so fucking... <laughs> Uh, one of my last ones is uh, one of my favorite directors. I haven't seen anything from him in probably three or four years, uh, but his name is Guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. Um, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. It's the first. It's uh, made in 1998. It's uh, Jason Statham's first breakout film. Nice. Like I didn't even know who the fuck this guy was, but I mean, he Hi, was. I'm Jason Statham. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, that, that's the first one I, that I've seen from him. But um, there's another movie from him called Snatch. I believe it's called. Yeah, with, it. um, I think I've seen it. Brad Pitt is in it as a uh, like a boxing fighter or something like that. Not even a so. boxer, just like a, a street fighter that gets money, whatever. But um, super great gangster movies. Guy Ritchie is a genius at the gangster type movies. He's he's one of the better directors, and I'm actually gonna have to IMDb this guy after this conversation because there has <laughs> to be some movies that he's made in the past five years that you've probably seen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've I've heard Guy Ritchie's name thrown out a lot, but mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever consciously looked at a film. He's for him. he's the guy married to Madonna. <laughs> that's funny. No, that's yeah, real life. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Guy Ritchie married to Madonna. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't heard of Madonna's name in ages. Really, yeah. Madonna's everywhere. I no, no she no she's not she's, she's not. not I don't think she's been everywhere since like 2004 yeah she she's on tour she stays on tour like she does a lot of weird things on her tour now to try to stay relevant but huh. nothing in like mainstream well, wasn't she the one that had like square pointy boobs that yeah. exploded in fire well the cone boobs yeah yeah it was very long but I mean it was the um it, it was the women's movement before now you know right. the 1980s women's movement to where oh why are you so obsessed with, obsessed with my breast and nipples yeah. like oh you're obsessed with it bow Here here's the biggest representation of it possible like Molly Cyrus was doing the same thing <laughs> right. 20 years later. and and that's that's not even why I mention it it's mm. just because like that's an interesting way to look at it and I didn't even think about mm. that but it's just like you said now she's doing weird shit to stay relevant yeah, yeah she was doing yeah. weird shit when I mean she was relevant. I mean to, to, I mean she <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just like I, back then it was a name of art and creativity right. and now it's just for relevancy's sake Makes you know sense. she's like drinking on stage and pretending like she's not drunk but then falling over right. or um she's dealing some things in her personal life with her and her son that and sucks. yeah it's it's just bad to watch but i mean that's okay madonna yeah. you'll, you'll figure it out <laughs> you, know, you know what what it is though uh, we, we never brought it up and it's just like the um with stevie not stevie wonder i'm about to bring him up in a second but with um what's my with prince dying mm-hmm it's, it's odd. He's 57 years old. Yeah. 57 years old. Young. Michael Jackson died around the same time, like 59 years old. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at the true musicians, 
true musicians who we have left right now. Stevie Wonder, true musician. Like, if you give him an instrument, he yeah. can play it. I'm not talking about Jay-Z, who you give him an instrument, he'll give it back to you and start beatboxing and rapping, which right. is a craft in his own. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying someone that can write sheet music, someone that can play an instrument, someone yeah. that can use their voice as an instrument as well. You know? And there's only so many of those greats that we still have left, and we really got to appreciate them. Yeah, no, you know? I, I agree. Because they will be gone, like, so quickly. Like, Madonna, she... David Bowie. David Bowie. Too. Yeah. Yeah, that was a bummer. True musicians. True musicians. And now I'm going to take it to a, a weird place where people aren't going to like this opinion. Right? People aren't going to like it? Nope. Okay. Now right. I am so excited. All right. All right. What the fuck are you going to say? So I just mentioned, I just mentioned fucking Stevie Wonder, mm -hmm. David Bowie, right? Um, Prince, Prince Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. True musicians. Yes. All right. Now, th those people were all 50s, 60s, a little bit older. Right. Younger right now. Twenties. Mm -hmm. Who's a true musician? Not very many. Justin Bieber. Oh, he can play music. Like Justin, he can actually read. Music. Justin Bieber can read music. He can play the piano. Mm -hmm. He can play drums. He can sing very well. He can dance. He's yeah. very skilled at. I mean, he's he's a very skilled musician. And it's not a popular opinion because he's a douchebag, I guess. Yeah, like <laughs> you know? here's the thing: you can be good at anything. Mm -hmm. Shit, hit my mic. You can be good at anything. Yeah. But if you're a cunt. You're going to be labeled a cunt. Yeah, yeah. It's like the goat fucker that built bridges. B built a thousand bridges. He fucked one goat. goat. Now he's a goat fucker. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> now henceforth and forever. It, yeah. it really is like Justin Bieber's. Like, I acknowledge that he's talented, but the fact that he's such a piece of shit yeah. makes me want to, like, I don't give a shit about you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fuck off. Yeah, but, but like I said, he's it's not popular, but like yeah. this guy, he's very talented, and mm -hmm. I just want to see what he does in the next 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, because mm -hmm. this guy's just 20. Yeah. He's very young. So, I know a couple of people, but the thing, they're comedy bands, right? Mm -hmm. The the people that I'm going to talk about, they're comedy bands, it's their Ninja Sex Party. You're talking about them, yeah. Shalders uh, Gambino, mm -hmm. uh, George Watsky. Mm -hmm. They usually start out as comedy bands, but those yeah. people are like extremely talented, and a lot oh, of them yeah. write their own music. Yeah. And like, even though it's comedy, they can pick up whatever instrument and that matters. Play yeah, it, yeah. yeah, that fucking matters. I'm true musicians, and I'm I'm hoping that's what we're getting back to now. I hope so too. But I think we're I think we're getting burned out on all the bullshit. Yeah. Um. But anyway, back to gangster movies. Uh, <laughs> that that was for uh, the last one I had was um was The Departed, Departed. Uh, 2006. Was um, was that Matt Damon or was that? It was Leo. No, it was, it was both, actually. It was, was it both? <laughs> it was all three. It was Leo, Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, and Mark Wahlberg. Seriously, that no bullshit. That was just a clusterfuck for us, really. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack Nicholson was in it, too. And Jack Nicholson, yeah. So we got Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio. Did, did, you, write, did you write it? Oh, I wrote Funky Bunch right there. I'm not writing Mark Wahlberg's <laughs> Instead of Mark Wahlberg, it's just the Funky Bunch. That's funny as shit. I wouldn't even sign him to do any movie for me without bringing the Funky Bunch. Right. I feel like he would never work for you because he no. fucking hates no, it. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, fuck that guy. <laughs> Bringing yeah. Marky Mark on the Funky Punch back. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, no, the part was a good one. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. a really, really good one. Yeah. The scene where Leah, where, was it Nicholson? Nicholson. Mm -hmm. I think Nicholson pulls a gun out on Leah. Yeah. And Leo didn't know that he was going to pull out a gun. Oh, this is like they're in like a warehouse or something, like a dark yeah, warehouse. Yeah, there's a gun on the table. Yeah. And Lee, my Jack Nicholson pulls it out and says his line and he was like, oh, fuck, that's a gun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just like I feel like a lot of the gangster movies that we see, they yeah. they 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 either have really 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 amazing directors, yeah, or really really actors. amazing actors. It's and act usually both. Yeah, a lot of times both. Yeah, and that right there, Leonardo DiCaprio scene, it got me because um he's like seeing a therapist or like a cop therapist or something like that mm -hmm. or whatever, and um he's like you know the difference between me and everyone else is trying to do my job. 
I don't shake. And then he puts his hand out and does the rest of his scene like with his hand directly in front of him, no shaking, Damn. no nerves at all. So I'm like, no, not only does your character not shake, you, Don't the shake. person playing this, is not like he carried the entire conversation, never blinking, looking dead in her eyes, and not fucking flinching. That's insane. Yes. That's kind of, that's, Leo's a good actor. He's amazing, man. Yeah. He's really I good. I fucking love Leo. Yeah. And like, there's a, oh, another gangster movie mm? in Bruges. I didn't see In Bruges. In Bruges is a gangster movie. I forgot about that one. Damn. That's one of my favorite fucking movies. You talked about it, yeah, yeah. It's really, really funny. Mm. Really, really sort of philosophical in a way. Okay. Because, I mean, they set up the whole aspect of like religion mm. being, because In Bruges was a really Christian city. Okay. Uh, back when it was like in its prime mm. in history. And uh, they sort of set this up as just like this beautiful city, beautiful religious imagery. Mm. This guy just killed a kid and he's going to the city to hide out. But all the religious imagery sort of keeps haunting him because he keeps remembering that the, because the person that he killed that he was supposed to kill was a preacher, oh, and damn. the kid that he killed the the killed the the kid that he killed mm. was just a kid praying at the church from Ooh. a stray bullet, and so like going to Imbru going to Bruges, uh, which is a a fucking super religious city, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of imagery that points back to him feeling guilt and him feeling remorse about it and yeah. being judged. Yeah. And there's a lot of references to Judgment Day and like the the fall of man and the mm. rise of man and the rebirth of Christ and whatever yeah and so like all of this all of this religious imagery is used to sort of point out the fact that this character fucked up and it's a gangster movie and everything's gonna come by him in the ass mm -hmm. but the movie is so funny yeah in the darkest way it's just like mm. a really dark funny movie like in one of the in one of the scenes uh, fuck what's his name uh, Colin mm. Farrell Colin Farrell right. Colin Farrell uh, is hanging out with his mate mm -hmm. and his mate just like took the gun away from him because he was going to kill himself yeah and he's just kind of like brooming in a chair just like angry because he couldn't kill himself yeah and you see him he's like fucking nick me gun now i can't kill myself and i'm stuck in fucking bruges mm -hmm. he's just angry and like being a kid about not being able to kill himself that's how morbid the humor is with yeah. this movie yeah and it's just a really good fucking like two gangster friends interacting with each other trying to lay out low and then shit goes fucking wrong shit. in this movie and my favorite quote about that movie is at the end of the movie mm. uh spoiler raf fines which is in this movie as well he was in hell caesar yeah uh he shot he shoots uh, colin farrell okay and colin farrell is dying personally bleeding out and the hospital takes him away in like a bed and the last shot of the movie is him like riding on a, on a hospital bed yeah And um, he says, and at that moment, I really, really hoped I wouldn't die. <laughs> and, I, and it's like, but the grammar of that sentence, that I really, really hoped I wouldn't die. Yeah. Hoped is past tense. Hoped. Wouldn't is future tense. So you really don't know if he died Did or, or if he didn't die. Yeah. And like the directing is beautiful. The action is amazingly filmed. The yeah. characters are incredibly well done. It's funny. The city's fucking beautiful. The cinematography is amazing. Mm -hmm. It's honestly one of the best movies that I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Fucking, it's on Netflix. It's been on Netflix for ages. In oh, well, I'm going to check it out before and they take it off. Uh, yeah, it's so good. And I just realized that it was a gangster movie. And I had to gush about that movie. 
I'm, I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody to go ahead and watch that movie on Netflix now because they take shit off Netflix all the time and they, you're going to feel hurt. The, the license has run out yeah. pretty randomly. It, yeah, it depends on yeah the uh, the contracts. But if if you see something on Netflix, it's like somebody dying, man. Yeah, <laughs> you really never get it back. It's like you, you thought you would always have the time to watch it. You thought you always had the time. They and then you go on there and then it's like, nope, you have to order the Netflix where we mail you the thing. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> yeah, it's over. That. It's over. They, they took out Doctor Who. And yep. when I found out, I was just like, Ugh, Yep. Fuck. You died. You did, man. It's gone. <laughs> but yeah, no, in Bruges. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite gangster movies ever. It yeah. doesn't feel like a gangster movie until you realize that it's a gangster movie. Yeah. Because it's done not with the purpose of being a gangster movie. Mm. Um, but Raph Fiennes is an amazing job. The Colin Farrell is an amazing job. Mm. I forget the guy that acts opposite to Colin Farrell. I always forget his name. Mm. Um, and I've looked at him because I've talked about this movie before. Yeah. But he does an amazing job and the director does an amazing job too. So if, if any movie that you're going to watch that you haven't seen in this thing, go watch In Bruges, in my opinion. Fucking perfect movie. Uh, Brandon Gleeson? Brandon Gleeson. Yeah, I got Ralph Fiennes, Colin Farrell, Brandon Gleeson, and uh, Clements Posey. Uh, who's the director? Uh, Does it say? It's oh, like, I'll have to, I'll need a few more seconds for that. Cool. It's all good. Um, in but the yeah. meantime, listen to this uh, elevator music. Do, do, do. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, director Martin McDonough. Martin McDonough. Yeah, he wrote and directed it. Nice. Well, he's a fucking brilliant guy. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite fucking movies. Nice. And like, it's for me, it's like in terms of like, like The Godfather is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs is a great movie. Yeah. Pulp Fiction is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just like I think they're products of their time, mm-hmm. in a way. Godfather, I wanna. No. No, no. God, Godfather is pretty timeless. I'm yeah. not saying that they, they only exist in that time. Mm. I'm just saying that the way that they were made mm. is kind of like a product of their time age when they were produced. Mm. And in Bruges, it's, it's very much a product of our time. It's very modern, exploring sort of the big ideas of like morality. Oh, mo- a modern gangster movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm talking right. about modern. Because like Godfather is a good gangster movie, mm. but it stays pretty close to the 60s. Yeah. Presser of all the, the 70s and Pulp Fiction of the 70s. Mm. But as far as modern gangster movies yeah. that explore sort of the morality of being that kind of person, yep. In Bruges does it. It's great. No, yeah, I'm, I'm into yeah. that. Like three, I think American Gangster, New Jack City, Lock, Stock, Two, Smoking Barrels are more modern. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if I have a preference, though, over modern or I don't. older. As long as, as long as the, the characters in the movie are convincing yeah. and like you make me believe that what they're doing is what I want them to be doing, yeah. then I'm good with it. Yeah, yeah. That's how it works for me. Nice. But yeah. Uh, anything closing statement about gangster movies? Um, write us in. We're I mean, go ahead, guys. Uh, at on Twitter at underscore ffs podcast. One more time is mm-hmm. at underscore ffs podcast. Stands for for film sake podcast. Write us in if you have any questions. You want to talk a topic that you want to hear us discuss. Right. Anything like that. Write a movie us in. That you want to recommend. Yeah. If you want to yeah. go in and tell us to fuck off, we'll read that as well. We'll do it. We will read fact, it over there. We, we we want you to tell us to fuck off. If you want, if you want us to fuck off, mm-hmm. we want you to tell us to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. Just because we'll get a laugh out of it. Unless you want me to fuck off, you can save that shit because I will fucking kill. <laughs> <laughs> I will fucking end you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but well, lastly, uh, it's at underscore ffs podcast. So um, Sweet. yeah, that's all I have for gangster movies today. Awesome. Yeah, no, gangster movies are a lot of fun, and they have to be really well made. Yeah. So go watch all the gangster movies you can, Mm -hmm. and enjoy the shit out of them, because they're a lot of fun. Hell yeah.
Uh, we'll be right back with the television premieres and the uh, movie premieres and whatever we do every, every week. Yes, yes. Uh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome back, literally like 10 seconds after the thing. Mm -hmm. But we're back with movie premieres. Premieres! <laughs> oh, yeah. This he week, did jazz hands, by I, the way. It was kind of like a combination of jazz hands and spirit fingers. Right. I did a little bit of both. Me. I put a little bit of both in there. Yeah. Put a little bit of, a, a little bit of twang <laughs> yeah. into the jazz hands. A little hands. stank on it. <laughs> All right, uh, this week, uh, for movie and television premieres, we're mm -hmm. going to start from May the 10th through May the 16th. Okay. Uh, Wednesday, May the 11th, Chelsea. Remember uh, Chelsea Handler? Yeah. She had a show on uh, E, a talk show that was like an every night show right. back then. She signed a contract with Netflix, and she's going to be doing a 30-minute talk show on Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays nice. on Netflix. Is, are they going to release every Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays? Every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So huh. Netflix is going like a different type of formula to where yeah, they're releasing a... live television each Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Huh. Yeah. I'm guessing, so they're going to release that then, and they're going to stay on the library of Netflix. Yep. Okay, yep. cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next thing is, uh, let's see, Friday, May the 13th, Michael Ian Black. It's called Noted Expert. It's, that uh, sounds like a stand-up. Uh, yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's a comedy on Epics. Come nice. on at 10 p.m. Epics is doing interesting stuff with stand-up comedy. They are. That's they really uh, are. where Marin released his he last did? show. Yeah, the Thank You Epics. Pain one? No, the, the one More Later. Okay, yeah, the More Later. Yeah. Okay. Michael Ian Black is really funny, man. I've never heard of him. He's in, um, the most recent thing he was in, he plays a doctor on... Um, on another period with Natasha Leggero, um, Ricky mm -hmm. Lindholm, and Kate Micucci. Kate Micucci. I yeah. love that name. It's just <laughs> such, so great. Kate Micucci. I'm sure she got <laughs> hell in like middle oh, school yeah. and you know stuff like that. Micucci. That's... She's so cute in the most like adorable, non like just kind of weird way. Yeah. She's so cute. Yeah. You want anyway. you want to like pet her. You know that kind yeah, of cute. Yeah. I just want to like hug her. It's like it's okay. Yeah. You're, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. The next one, uh, Sunday, May the 15th, is The Queen at 90. The Queen, that's... It's a documentary coming on at 8 p.m. It's going to be on the Smithsonian Channel. Nice. So, Queen Elizabeth is literally 90 years old now. Huh. So, we're going to watch her be old, I guess, is what the television show is so. about. You know, I'm, I was, I, when I was looking down the list of things that was coming mm -hmm. on TV, I was oddly intrigued just yeah. by her age. Like, somebody that is, that has... That's that regal, and they don't know anything other than being at the top of the food chain. She's old as shit. And she's felt that way. It's like, I, I feel entitled sometimes. Yeah. I see other people that have a sense of entitlement. They say, like, the 60-year-old white men, they're, they're the, uh, the top of the food chain for us or whatever. Mm -hmm. But imagine that you've had that sense of entitlement since birth, and you've been here for 90 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's a fucked time to be entitled. Yes. Like, nobody can tell you nothing about nothing. No. Nothing. <laughs> you know she doesn't need a passport to travel? No. She's the fucking she's... queen. <laughs> right. She's the queen. Not but... even the queen of me or you. Or the but... airplanes. <laughs> Or the airport. <laughs> but the reason she doesn't need a password is because all the passwords are issued, all English passwords are mm -hmm. issued under, under the queen's name. Yeah. So she's the queen. She just has to say, hey, I'm it's the me. queen. Yeah, under my name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> under whose authority are you leaving this country? Under my own goddamn Mine? authority. <laughs> exactly. She flips them off. Yes. <laughs> like, that's how that's how much cachet she has, you know, right now. So I'm I'm interested just to see that at her at I nine years old. I don't know her history because I, I I don't know anything about her really. I don't know much about her either. Yeah. About her either. I mean, the only thing I know about that side of the world, pretty much at all, is Princess Diana. Yeah, pretty much. And the the two guys now, uh, Henry and um, Henry and the other guy, William. William William and Henry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the wife and the kid, Katie, and the, the other, yeah, and the other regal people. All the yeah, all of that. Yeah. So. 
Europe's so weird. England's a weird place. I, oh, we have listeners in England, right? Like they never. What? Yeah, I think we have we have listeners in England. Uh, we, we okay. Here's the thing: we have one in England. Yeah. We have two from Germany. Yeah. And we have three from Denmark. Mm. <laughs> the fuck? Are What's the going Denmark on in Denmark? I don't know. Oh yeah, I've brought this up already. Like I still know nothing about Denmark. <laughs> I don't know. And the only thing I know about Denmark is that that's where Hamlet happened. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the country where Shakespeare set Hamlet. Mm. It's the only thing I know about Denmark. I don't. I couldn't even point that out to you on a map. I don't. I can't. I like, can't. if you, I don't know how long of a flight it would take to get from there to here. I don't know what their climate is like. It's around the Swiss area of the world. Oh, that clears yeah. it up for me because it's I know like, exactly where Switzerland is. Right. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't either. This is purely for the benefit of the more educated viewers in terms of geography. <laughs> Because you noted that I did like. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's over, and he like circled his hair in, in the air to the right it's like side. Like in this general area. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's in the Swiss sort of Germanic mm. areas. I don't know what the fuck it is. Yeah, but, yeah. It's over uh, there though. Yeah, we got three people from fucking Denmark. Nice. And I don't understand how they found the. <laughs> Check this out, Denmark guys, <laughs> or or ladies, yeah, or, <laughs> or gals, maybe, maybe guys or, or gals, yeah. Um, yeah, or anything in between. Anything in between. Oh yeah. Go ahead and, uh, and message us on Twitter at at underscore FFS podcast. Do that shit. You're right. Do it. I want an open conversation between us and the listeners. Yeah, no, you know? that's fucking great. Hell yeah. Actually, just uh, if you're listening to us and you like to tell us where you're from, doesn't matter where you're from, just tweet us. Yeah. Tweet at us. Yeah. And set them some love from wherever the hell you are. Or you can just call Brian directly at 555. Right. 555. <laughs> <laughs> I will take her call. But I will respond with an angry, please fuck off. <laughs> all right. All right. The, uh, the last. <laughs> What's coming up I next? mean, at least you were cordial about it. You know, please, right. please fuck off. You know, it's not, <laughs> please, you know. Even when I'm angry, I'm a little polite. I should be Canadian. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. I like that. Threw that in there. Yeah, yeah, Canadians. Talking What's about. <laughs> we got a, <laughs> on a Monday. Uh, is going to be May- Monday, May the 16th, Mike and Molly series finale, CBS 8 p.m. Mike and Molly. Why does that sound so familiar? I've never watched the show, but it's um, it's Billy Gardell and the uh, Molly is played by Melissa McCarthy. Right. Mm-hmm. That's why it sounds familiar. Yeah. Melissa McCarthy, her television show is finally, well, I don't want to say finally. Like, maybe it's a great show. Maybe, maybe it's, it's a, a great, great television show. show. I haven't watched it, but um, the show is coming to an end on CBS 8 p.m., on Monday, May the 16th. Tune in if you want to see the What season of that. is it on? Six, I believe. Season six? Yeah. yeah it must be a good They had show. a good run. They had a run. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is it the, the last of the show? It's, this is it. Yeah. Okay. This is it. I, I have a long standing theory that I don't believe shows should go longer than five five seasons. Uh, for me, it depends on the show, but I mostly agree with you. Like, you know, there's some exceptions. The, 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 my, my exceptions are, like, The Office, mm-hmm. you know, which went for, like, what, 9, 10, 11 10, seasons, 10, 10, 10, 10 yeah, seasons, and three of those seasons were shit. Mm-hmm. At least three of those 10 seasons were not good. You know, so three minus that 10, you got seven seasons. Mm-hmm. So seven seasons of good material. I'm fine with that. Yeah. You know, but for the most part, five series and get out of here. But they're usually the... The shows that do that well are usually not the ones that have a continuing arc of mm. story. Mm. They're the ones like South Park, The Simpsons, yep. The Office, yep. Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. The shows that have their own narrative, but every episode can stand alone, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, those are the shows that usually do well with like the super extended True. format. I can but like Supernatural, when Supernatural started, one of my favorite shows, Supernatural. Mm. When it started, it was a formulaic episode, so like a monster of the week. Mm. And the one every episode each week was dedicated to that monster, and they hunt that down and kill that monster. And the next week we will have another monster. Okay. And then, but as it got more complicated, and the more 
story arcs started piling in. Mm. And when that happened, you lost the link of every episode. Yeah. And it became all about that overarching story arc. Mm. And the show's been going on for 10 years now. Oh, that show's still on? Yeah, it's still on. It's on season CW? 11. Season 11, yeah. Still CW. Wow. And, and and it's still a good show. Yeah. But it lost the charm of the first five seasons. Mm-hmm. And what happened was the first five seasons were done by one writer, mm. Eric Kripke. And then he left the show and they wanted to keep the show going. Ugh. And his writing was only up to season five. Mm. And then they had to like stretch it out and write more for it. And that's when things got a little bit fucky. Mm. So I agree with you. Like every good show has to sort of have a formula to be able to go on for more than five seasons. Yeah, yeah. Like Breaking Bad had five seasons, good five seasons. And that's good, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they kept it for a little longer, it would have been too much. Yeah. Mad Men, short. Um I'm trying to think about a lot of other shows, but yeah, a lot of the British television shows, they stop at three seasons, four seasons, five right. seasons. You don't see them going for eight, nine, and ten seasons. I think the, the most notable one is uh, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. It's been yeah, that's running a long for running. 60 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, granted, they had a hiatus in the middle, but mm. uh, if you count the radio dramas, it's been going for 60 years. It is. That's a long uh, And right now, show. they're up to season 11 since the reboot. Oh, the reboot. Okay, yeah. No, season 10 since the reboot. Yeah. Okay. So I'm about to I mean, say sixty years, ten seasons. What is that? No. <laughs> okay, yeah. They've had a shit ton of seasons. Yeah. But they weren't known as like seasons back then. Okay. They were kind of like because it was an episodic show too. It played every week. Yeah. So they were known by doctors. Mm. So like the first doctor oh, yeah, had yeah, a year yeah. and a half. Yeah. Second doctor had X amount of time. The fourth mm. doctor was a running one, the longest one for like nine years. Mm. So like they had a good run, but the British television show usually stays on the short side. Okay. Uh, a Broadchurch, two seasons. Broadchurch is the name of the the movie that I was trying, well, the television show I was trying to think of all day yesterday. Really? Yeah, because the, uh, the David Tennant. The uh, it's a female lead that I'm that I'm more uh, concerned with. I can't think of her name, uh, but she was she, she was in a show called Peep Show. Yep. Uh, that's a British television show, and now she's on a show called The Night Manager with Hugh Laurie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, she she was in this show that I seen before. She was like, <laughs> you don't know shit about that show, but Lake Show. Now I'm gonna rub that shit in my girlfriend's face. In Broadchurch, yes. yeah, it was one of my favorite favorite television shows. Nice. The way that show is filmed makes me hard every time I watch it. You gotta watch this this damn Night Manager. Really? I've never seen anything shot like this. Huh? Never seen I'll anything shot like this. I mean, it's. It's going to annoy you, man. It annoyed the shit out of me oh, because so. everything is shot so close. Right. So close. Even the wides are close, mm-hmm. you know, and it's very, very personal. But I started to like it a little more when the camera was focused on things that weren't people. Right. You know, because the detail was so exquisite and, and exact, you know. So then when you go back to another expression and see it directly in the face, you have to act. You actually right. have to act. I mean, it's it's wonky at first. It it seems way too close at first, but it's one of those things. The nice. Bourne, the one of the Bourne movies mm-hmm. with uh, Matt Day, Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. One of the Bourne movies with Matt Damon. Yeah, I gotta be careful every time I say that motherfucker's name. You sure that yeah. wasn't Mark Wahlberg? That, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, he was busy making Wahlburgers. <laughs> That's a damn good show, and I'm not gonna have you tarnish the good name of Wahlburgers. <laughs> I'm not going to have you. Mark Wahlberg, Donnie Wahlberg, and the other Wahlberg brother, they do their thing with those fucking hamburgers. They're supposed, supposedly a Wahlburger's coming to Charlotte. That should be. And 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 when it happens, you know who's gonna going to be there? there? We're going there. We're both going to be there. We're both going to be Funky there. Funky bunch and all. We're so. going to play good vibrations in the fucking lobby. <laughs> you think I won't? <laughs> you think we won't? Anyway. 
They'll have to kick us out of that damn Wahlburgers. You think we're not playing good vibrations the whole time? It'd be funny if Wahlberg came out and just fucking picked us up and threw us out of the fucking restaurant. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> I'll take it. That's a story. Yeah, yeah. But the Bourne Ultimatum did that. Mm. The So Close, one of the Bourne movies, they yeah. did that. Yeah. Where they made it, if every lens, they made it as if you were spying on them. Mm. So, like, it's dirty shots. You see part of the hair in the yep. shot. Everyone. Like that. Yeah. So, it felt super personal, but it felt like you shouldn't be there. Yes. And and that's, I think, what makes those kind of shots really comfortable. Mm. There was a movie where Romance Polanski called Rosemary's Baby. We yep. watched it in yep. class. Yeah. Same feeling. Mm-hmm. They used wides, but yeah. the way that they blocked their actor, yeah. there was always one actor on the, like, blocking the side of the frame. Yeah. So, you always felt a little too close and, like, there were a little too many people yeah. in this woman's life. And that's what the movie conveys perfectly. It's a weird thing being in film school because mm-hmm. I was um, I was watching this night manager with my girlfriend. She's the one that got on it first, and right. we're watching it. And ten minutes in, I'm like, I don't like the way this is shot. She's like, What do you mean? I'm like, I don't know yet. Like, no, I don't know why I don't like this yet. Give me a minute. You know? so, I gotta figure it out. I gotta think about it. <laughs> but yeah, I eventually loved it by the end. But yeah, it's, it's just weird. You know, that's how I felt about Brad Church when I first started because mm-hmm. it's very slow, very yeah. sort of beautiful art artistic yeah. pans and tilts and you're like oh this is some artsy bullshit yeah and then the people come in and you're like oh fuck this is good hell yeah like after the first episode that always happens to me with like good shows is i'm trying to think about maybe i'm thinking about a different show is this the one where um where there's like a young girl like 16 or 15 or 16 that's pregnant and then she goes off somewhere no that's lake valley lake okay no yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh I, I think yeah that's happy lake or happy lake, lake something lake, lake. something lake. Yeah, yeah yeah that's another good show yeah um, but no, Bradshaw's is the one that a little boy is killed, and he's yeah. found on the the bridge. Mm-hmm. It's David Tennant who played the tenth Doctor. Yeah, and David Tennant is just mm, mm, yeah, mm. Mm. love David Tennant. <laughs> yeah, he's such an adorable man, mm. <laughs> and yeah. I love him. He does a great job. Oh yeah. Um, I forgot what my point was. Nightmare, the nightmare thing. Mm. Uh, I, I really want to get into. I want to watch that show. Hell I want to yeah. see what it is. A oh, night manager. Hell night yeah, night manager. Yeah, because Hugh Laurie's amazing. He is, and, and they let him use this actual speaking voice. Nice. He doesn't have to like cover up that amazing accent with like this American rubbish. <laughs> you know, he actually, <laughs> you know, you know what I would. All right, every time I watch any British television show, yeah. there's three words I'm looking for. Three buzzwords. Fav rubbish. Nope. No. Neither no. one of those. One is um advertisement. Because they're gonna say advertisement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other one is um is privacy. Because, say because, privacy. because they're gonna say privacy, and the other one is a schedule. Because they're gonna say schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the three things I'm listening for every time. That's Give me awesome. my privacy. <laughs> Gotta make a schedule and an advertisement. <laughs> That's awesome. You cut the shit out of that mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got pretty crazy. Not sorry. Uh, anyways, what's <laughs> what's next? Um, that's it for uh, for television. Uh, next is gonna be movies. Uh, movie coming out this week with George Clooney, Julia Roberts. It's a um, rated Money R. Monster. Money Monster. Nice. It's uh, listed as a high stakes thriller. That runtime moment is an hour and thirty eight minutes. That seems short for a thriller. Um, for a thriller, yeah. But um, I, there's only so much time I'm giving George Clooney and Julia Roberts again. <laughs> I can't, I can't George Clooney, Julia Roberts. I mean, it's basically like the damn um, Jennifer Lawrence and uh, Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, yeah. Like, I'm, I've seen you team up so many times. Like, that dynamic, there's, I'm tired of the dynamic. It just doesn't feel like two characters. It feels like George Clooney, George Clooney and, and Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. Yeah. But, um, but That's that, why I stopped watching Jennifer Lawrence's movies yeah, for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
It's unfortunate. She's a really talented actress, yeah. but it's just it's, you're, oh, you've oversaturated the market. I've seen your face so much. Yeah. But um, Money Monster, yeah, that's rated R. Comes out this weekend. Uh, the next one rated ninety one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Damn. Starring Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz, is listed as strange and ambitious and definitely an acquired taste. Huh. So there, I mean, even even in the the description of it, it's saying a lot of people would not like this. This but, is very and strange. It still has a ninety one percent. Ninety one percent. It's called The Lobster. The Lobster. It's called The Lobster, starring Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz. What I will not. Movie? I won't be surprised if this move. We hear about this movie again. What's this, what's this movie about? I, don't, I can't tell you, man. I, I've read everything that I could about it, <laughs> and everybody just says that it is one of the most strange, oddball movie. But it's just it shoots for the stars, like how gonna, ambitious it is. I think we're gonna have to go see that movie. Yes, man. Yeah. I mean, ninety-one percent, and you can't tell me really, except for that is one of the most odd things you've ever seen. I mean, I'm I, into yeah, it. I am too. The Lobster. Colin, Colin Farrell is a good actor. Yeah, I love Colin Farrell. Hell yeah. That is it for movies and television this week. Well, that means that that is it for today's podcast. And last plug, underscore FFS podcast. And this is on Twitter. Hit us up. We want to have an interactive thing with the audience. Yeah. You know, it'll be so cool. And if you're uh, like, we have, we have a bunch of friends that listen to us instead of like messaging us on Facebook privately, mm-hmm. hit us up on Twitter, like hit mm-hmm. us up on our social media. Yeah. Uh, SoundCloud. You can comment on it. You can oh, comment. Yeah. You can hit us up on Twitter. Yep. And I have personal Twitters, but don't worry about those. Mm-hmm. You'll find them. Yeah, you will. Hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag underscore, underscore FFS podcast. Yeah, he's got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for watching. Have a nice one. Late. And cheers. <laughs>